all the single ladies, all the single ladies. I am sorry I did that, but I'm not sorry about this week's guest. We have Dr. Jamie Kaplan. She is a single mother by choice. This is a really great conversation because that's a tough thing to do, and Dr. Jamie is really crushing it. So we get to learn about how she's juggling everything on her own, how she came to the decision to be a single mom by choice, and does she have any time for herself? By the way, I'm Anthony Franzese. Happy New Year. I appreciate you listening. If you enjoy this conversation, please click the follow button, leave me a rating. That'd really mean the world to me. It's the best way to help grow the podcast. Anyway, on to the show. Welcome back to the Successful Working Parents Podcast, the podcast where we talk to successful working parents, still working on the title. My guest today, she is clinical psychologist and owner of JK Psychological Wellness. She is an adjunct professor of Towson University, mother of one, ladies and gentlemen, Dr. Jamie Kaplan. Jamie, thank you for joining us. Hi, how are you? I'm doing great, thanks. Excited to talk to you. So we usually start off with just a quick background on your career. So if you would please just introduce your career, that'd be great. Sure. So I'm a clinical psychologist, as you said, um, and I have a specialty in eating disorders. I kind of fell in love with the college age, graduate, student level population. And so I started my career in college counseling. And then I transitioned into more eating disorder specific work. And then I opened up my own business in 2019. And along the way, I've been teaching classes at Towson, which is my undergraduate alma mater since 2016. And you are a mother of one, is that right? How old is your, is your child? Yeah, he is just about two. Wow, exciting. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so an SMBC, single mother by choice, mm-hmm. talk to me a little bit more about that. Tell the audience a little bit more about, about what that means to you. So I turned 35 during the pandemic and I, you know, I'd been dating, but nothing serious. And I just kind of had a what's going on with my life moment, which I think many people did during the pandemic. Sure. And I knew that- And when that they turned 35 also. Yes, <laughs> I guess so. <laughs> uh, and then I just thought, you know, what's, what's missing from my life? You know, at this point, I felt good in my career, but I always knew I wanted to be a mother. And I just started looking into this. I said, I, I don't think I need to wait for someone anymore. So I decided to, to do this journey on my own. And uh, I started, I think my first meeting with the fertility clinic was June of 2020. And I got pregnant in December of 2020. And here we are. Wow. Congratulations. Yeah. Thank you. So what sort of pros and cons did you have to weigh making the decision to to go at it on your own and, and, and has it played out the way you thought it would? I don't think anything plays out the way you thought it would, right? <laughs> sure. Um, yeah. I mean, I think, you know, you definitely have to think about the financial aspect and the, the emotional support aspect, the physical support aspect. But I, like I said, I think being a mother was something that I always envisioned and it was something that I knew I wanted. And so I figured out how to make it work. I mean, I figure it out every day. Um, yeah. You know, I like to say everything is a season. And I just remember the first time it was just the two of us. So after uh, my friend left, she stayed with me for a week. My parents stayed with me for a week. It was just the two of us. And I thought, okay, we got to figure this out. And I, I thought, <laughs> how am I going to do this? How am I going to go grocery shopping? You know, and, and then yeah. a year later, we're flying across the country 
just the two. So, you know, what, what seems like a big hurdle on this day is going to be nothing tomorrow. Yeah. I mean, how do you go grocery shopping now that you mentioned that? I feel like that, that would be kind of tricky. Yeah. Uh, when he was little, um, yeah. I had the the um, convertible car seat, so I would put it in the in the wagon, and I had my bags over the handle, and we would just do it. And now, yeah. um, now he gets to sit up front, and he loves actually going grocery shopping. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I got to say, as somebody, you know, I recently went through this myself. Uh-huh. My, my kid's about 10 weeks old now, and so- it's really they just give you the baby when you leave the hospital. There's yeah, really no instructions or exactly. there's no test to make sure you know nope. what you're doing. And nope. it's daunting enough, you know, with a partner. So I can only imagine, you know, what what it was like going through it on your own. So I definitely, you know, commend you for for doing that. So Thank you. how has it been juggling uh, work life with that? I assume you, you were able to take a little bit of time off, but you have your own practice. So I don't know if you took a traditional like sixteen weeks of maternity or what was that like for you? No, so that's the that's the pros and cons of having your own business. You know, I certainly have financially, I'm able to support us, um, and I have a little bit more flexibility because I can make my own schedule, switch things around as I need. But it's my business, so I don't get days off. I don't get paid time off. So I had saved a little money, so I took about two and a half months maternity leave, and then had to jump right back. So he started daycare about. This time for you, about ten weeks, and yeah. um, it was Which harder. Is early, on me. right? It, it is, and it, it was harder on me than it was him. He did great. I cried every day for a week, um, but he's thriving. He's he's doing great. Like I said, for the most part, it's okay because I have a little bit of flexibility. It does get tough when he's sick because I'm the only one that has to stay home to take care of him, and yeah. I, uh, I do see some clients in the office, but I have telehealth, which has been a nice blessing. And mm-hmm. Some don't mind if he's running around in the background, and if the others who do, uh, we reschedule and we, we've made it work. We figure it out. Yeah, I mean, I, I imagine that you got to be really busy, right? Because yes. <laughs> because I guess obviously you have the daycare during the day that mm-hmm. helps kind of block off the nine to five ish time, but then it's just you in the morning. It's just you after work, yes. right? So what's what's that like? It's busy. Yes. So I. <laughs> I wake up at 5.30 um, by choice because I'd like to get in about an hour time to myself. So that's the time where I can take a shower, get ready, try to eat some breakfast, just in quiet. Uh, I'm an introvert by nature, so the quiet is nice. Um, yeah. Then, you know, then he's up and we're playing, getting ready. Then I go to work. We come home, dinner, bath, books, songs, bed, rinse and repeat. Yeah. Yeah. And then I try to, I try to take a little time after he goes to sleep to just decompress. Yeah. Is there a time for you to do any self care? Or like, are you, what, like, how do you make any time for yourself other than just kind of that? Yeah. I guess that little window in the morning and the evening. Yeah. I mean, so I preach self care to my clients all the time. So it is very important. It definitely looks very different from how it looked pre baby. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, Mondays are my teaching days. And so I try not, I I keep strong boundaries with work. So I don't see clinical patients in the afternoon. So Monday afternoons, I'll get in a workout or, you know, call a friend I haven't talked to in a long time. Friday mornings, I I have open as well. I start later on Friday so I can fit in appointments, errands, um, or just sitting on the couch and reading or watching TV (laughs) and just doing nothing. Sure. Yeah. (laughs) A little silence, right? Yes. Yes. I, I think I told you my parents 
divorced when I was around around seven. So my mm-hmm. father was still in my life, but he didn't live nearby. So I, you know, I totally understand well, as much as I can understand, right? Like it, it's it's a whole other beast when there's just the one person. Like I think my mom was stretched pretty thin a lot sure. of the time. So you know, I totally can can relate to to what you're, to what you've been experiencing. How do you take this into your your dating life? I assume it's something that you advertise up front and just you know has it has it changed the way you dated in the last two years? Are you able to date at all? It's honestly not even been something that I've thought about right now. Um, yeah, I think I think when he's a little older. And I have a little bit more me time and I'm able to do that. It would definitely be something that I advertise. I'm, it's, this is my identity. Um, yeah. Obviously, my child is my life. Um, and mm-hmm. if I'm going to bring someone into his life, I want to make sure that they understand and appreciate that. But sure. right now, oh my goodness. <laughs> Couldn't yeah. even think about it. <laughs> I was introduced to you uh, by a friend who is in a, a group with you for Single Mothers by Choice. So has that group been really instrumental? Have you learned anything anything from them? Like what sorts of like tips and tricks have you picked up that have helped this journey? Yeah, I think, um, so the groups, I'm in a few groups, they're all on Facebook. Um, It's been helpful to kind of see that there's a network of us. When I was doing it, obviously I'm not the first person to do this, but I just, I didn't know anybody who did this. Um, I didn't even know how to go about it. I had to kind of figure out those steps. So it's nice to have that network. Um, and then, you know, there are people, you know, sometimes we'll ask questions. There are people who are saying, okay, I'm going through this sleep regression or we're about to fly for the first time. You know, what what have you all learned? So that's been helpful. Um, I don't use them frequently, but it's nice to know that I have it if I need it. Um, but I did, I did use it a lot when I was getting ready to fly solo. Uh, that was very helpful. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure that was. I'm sure that was quite the journey too, right? Yeah. So I was quite the sight. I had the car seat in a backpack on my back, and he was in the stroller, and you know, I had bags underneath the the stroller, and it's <laughs> just like here we go. Um, but we did, we did it. It was great. Yeah. yeah. Do you think there's anything that you've been unable to do that you would would have been able to do if there was if there was two of you? Um, I. I mean, probably having more of a social life, you know, there's definitely elements that I'm in, you know, I used to like to go to yoga classes and ballet classes. I like to go out to the theater. And so I haven't done those things really. Um, So yeah, I think just having more of that me time. I don't, you know, I think about that a lot because I also, I didn't have a great sleeper. He, he didn't sleep through the night until 18 months. Oh Um, man. Yeah. That's That's the tough, that might be the tough part of this whole story. (laughs) Sorry. I hope that that's not, that's not saying it's going to happen for you. Um, but I was nursing and the reality is, is I would have been the one getting up anyway. Um, so yeah, every once in a while I wish, you know, I had someone to even, you know, do the dishes, take out the trash. But when I think about it, you know, unlike your mom who was partnered and then had to learn how to be a single mom, this is all I know. So in that regard, it may be a little easier. And Mm -hmm. um, it's just part of, yeah, it's just part of the schedule. I think the other piece too is I get to avoid arguments um, (laughs) with a partner. You know, I'm raising my child in a way that I want to raise him and I don't have to take into account someone else's opinion in that regard. Um, sure. Yeah. So it would be nice if yeah. someone can, you know, watch him when he when he's sick. But yeah. we make do. We make do. If you could go go back to 2020 when you were making this decision, is there anything you would have done differently? Would you have waited longer or just set things up in a different way, or like how would you approach it differently? If at yeah, all, yeah. I don't. It's interesting because um, 
I think prior to 2020, I always said 40 is my age. You know, if I hit 40 and I'm not married or I'm not partnered and I'm not a mother, like I need to figure something out. And then the pandemic hit five years earlier than expected. And um, I'm glad I did what I did. When I did it, um, when I went to the fertility clinic, I'm, I didn't have any issues except uh, they found diminished ovarian reserve, which doesn't affect the quality of your eggs necessarily, but you're essentially, you have fewer eggs than expected at your age. So who knows sure. if I waited that extra five years, if I would have even been able to do this. Yeah. So it, I guess it worked out the way it needed to. Do you feel like one one is enough for now or what are your thoughts on, on growing the family? Yeah, I think, I, you know, IVF is hard and I am incredibly lucky. I only did one. I only mm -hmm. did one round. I did one transfer and You're it took, lucky. yeah, I'm very, very lucky. I'm very, I, I know that, but IVF is, is tough and it's expensive and um, he's expensive now. <laughs> um, <laughs> so I think we're good. We're, I think we're good. The two of us for right now. Yeah. Yeah. So what else could you share as far as like just making it all work? Like other single parents out there or just parents out there in general? Like what have you found to be successful with, with juggling work and, and family life? Yeah. I think, like I said, boundaries. Boundaries are super important. You know, I, I do work nine to five typically. And so when I see my last client, we end exactly on the dot and, um, you know, laptop down, I'm out the door to get him. I try not to bring work home with me if I can. Yeah. Uh, and, and obviously I try not to bring him into work with me if I can. My, all my clients and my students know that if the phone rings, it's daycare and I have to take it. Otherwise we're good, but boundaries and then time management really, you know, I, I have always been a planner. I've always been very organized and that has just been, I think it's been the saving grace. I think a week ahead, I, you know, I, I plan our meals two weeks in advance, breakfast, lunch, and dinner, um, yeah. which is helpful in terms of grocery shopping. But also, you know, I don't want to fight with a two-year-old at 5.30 after working a full day and figuring out what to cook. It's done and we can move on. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Yeah. How about just like the mental health side of things? I mean, mm -hmm. you're, you're a psychologist, so I'm sure you have some thoughts on how to like preserve mental health and like balancing that with everything that's going on. It's just, you know, it's very straining, right? On your on your mental well-being, being a, being a new sure. parent and work and parenting and not sleeping enough. So what, what tips do you have for, for that? Sure. I mean, support. Number one is support. So I'm very lucky I have a really good support system. Um, I don't have too many people who live very close that can, you know, come over immediately. But uh, I do have a good friend who, even though she's an hour and a half away, we, um, we both had the stomach bug at the same time, my son and I. And I said, all right, it's a mayday call. I need you over here. Yeah. And she came. <laughs> it was very helpful. Great. Uh, but emotional support is, is super, super helpful. Making other, you know, mom friends or getting the kids together um, just to commiserate sometimes, you know. Um, and then, like I said, definitely finding pockets of time for you. So, yeah, it does look different from what it used to, but still finding the quiet uh, or the chaos if that's what you prefer. Um, but doing something that just makes you happy. That's, that's kid free because yeah. as much as I love my son and he makes me so happy, I just need a minute so that I can be a better mom for him. And you, you think that being a business owner has made it easier or harder? I mean, the hardest thing is, you know, essentially I see a client, I get paid. I don't see a client, 
I don't get paid. So yeah. that, that can sometimes be stressful just in terms of the money. But um, I honestly think the flexibility that it affords me and sure. me being able to call the shots, I think that's been super helpful. Yeah. And I think, you know, being able to close your laptop at five o'clock, I think is, you know, mm-hmm. really helpful as well. So I'm sure you still take some things, you know, quote unquote home with you. And I'm sure things are still on your mind, but you don't necessarily have like a boss asking you for stuff at, at 8 p.m. at night, right? Exactly. <laughs> right. Yeah. So as a psychologist, I think it's really interesting when like a parent is a, a psychologist as well, because I think a lot about the effect that we have on our kids' psyche. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. I'd love to hear your thoughts on that in general, but you must have a lot of thoughts on the right way to like develop a child's brain and things like that, right? So like, <laughs> right. How, or like how, like, so how do you, I guess, find a balance between bringing what you, you know, know to be clinically valid, but also just obviously letting your, you know, your kid, you know, be a kid and kind of develop in his own way. How do you find that balance? Yeah. Um, usually five seconds too late. Um, <laughs> you know, cause we're not, no one's perfect. And there are times where he'll, he'll do something. And in my mind, I can see the textbook. I can understand, okay, this is what he's doing and why he's doing it. Yeah. React this way. And then he'll push a button and I'll have to take a really deep breath, yeah. um, or backtrack. But, you know, I think the biggest thing is understanding, especially, okay. So my kid is two, he's two, he's not 10, he's not 15, his understanding capability is small and I need to remember to work within that. And so um, we do a lot of naming of emotions, which is maybe a psychologist trick, but yeah. um, you know, when he's crying because I said, no, okay, you're upset that you can't do this. And he'll say yes. And I'll say, okay, boundary's still going to stick. And I validate that you're upset. Uh, I'll say that in two-year-old speak. Um, you know, so that he, he understands I'm not trying to be against him. We're together. And honestly, at this age, it's just interact, talk to your children, you know, be positive to them. Don't shame them. Don't compare them. They're going to get enough of that when they're in school, um, unfortunately. Sure. So that's, yeah. they just need to remain their safe space. And are there times when you're just like, the textbook's wrong on this one? Like, <laughs> this, this is failing me. Yeah. I mean, you know, in terms of textbook, I think of developmental. I never read you know, I read some books when I was pregnant. I never read the books on, you know, how to raise the child. Um, and like you said, they certainly do not give you a manual in the hospital. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, you. the one thing that I often tell new parents is take other people's advice with a grain of salt. You know, what worked for them and their kid may not work for you and your kid. So figure out what fits for you, take that advice, leave the rest of it. Because I think, especially in the beginning, we're so vulnerable. We don't know what we're doing. We're tired. We're overwhelmed. And if we have someone we trust say, oh, do X, Y, and Z, and we do it and it doesn't work, then we feel like failures. And that's not helpful. And it's also not accurate. Yeah. So, yeah, it's really about learning about your individual child. Are there any resources that you would recommend from your your clinical background like that have been really helpful? Like um, as far as like a book or anything like that? Yeah. Like I said, honestly, I, I haven't really – ventured into any books on parenting. I don't, <laughs> I haven't had time. Um, <laughs> so I no, I can't because, and that's also, this is not my area. My area is, you know, young adults, which is yeah. in some ways very different and in other ways very similar. Sure. Um, but, you know, I, I do take into consideration my specialty, which is eating disorders when we're eating, 
and not using food as, you know, reward or punishment, trying to get him to have good habits and, and to model good habits. That's interesting. Yeah. Is there anything that you'd recommend during eating time and, and yeah. feeding like that parents can keep an eye on? You know, not not forcing anything. You know, your your kid will tell you. I mean, sometimes toddlers, you know, they're too busy to eat and you have to remind them, but they'll tell you when they're full. Um, they'll tell you when they're hungry. Sometimes they'll tell you what they want. But I think that if you try to do family dinners as or family meals as often as possible and try to eat the same things as your kids as often as possible, they're watching you, you're modeling that this is this is food that we want to eat and it's not punishment like, you know, you eat your broccoli, but I don't have to. No, we're both going to eat broccoli. Uh, and I use broccoli as an example because so my kid actually loves broccoli. <laughs> yeah. Um, but then we can also eat desserts and that that's okay and not commenting on gaining weight or, oh, no, you can eat this, but mama can't. We eat together. Um, yeah. Yeah. So when when I was a kid and my parents just sat me down and said, you can't leave till you eat, eat those peas. Yes. That, I wouldn't recommend that, right? No. No, sometimes <laughs> sometimes I'll ask him to take another bite if he's not eating a particular food. But yeah, you know when we sit kids down, the if you remember like the clean plate club, you know we're we're basically teaching kids ignore your body's cues of when you're full, right. and finish what's in front of you, and then they're going to grow up to think that they always have to do that. Yeah, well, mom, dad, if you're listening, <laughs> sorry, big mistake. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but we love you anyway. Um, all right. Well, we're going to move into the, the final segment called Jamie's Advice Corner. Okay. I'm going to ask you for some advice on a few different topics. You ready? Okay. Yes. Okay. Great. Well, the first one is what advice would you have for somebody who's considering becoming a single mother by choice? Yeah. Uh, do some research, you know, look into different clinics in your area and, you know, see what your different options are and, and, if nothing else, just get tested to see if you are healthy and able to, to do this process. And then if you're going to do this, establish a support system 100%. You know, we all have great friends when we're single and childless. And then life happens and, you know, people, people's own children, their own spouses get in the way. And so who are the people, at least one or two, who are going to be there for you and make sure that they have that? Because it's a tough process. Before you even have the kid, it's a tough process. And then making sure just in case, um, especially in those first few weeks. What advice do you have for a busy working parent that feels like they have no time for themselves? Um, I would say figure out where you can carve pockets. So, you know, we, we as a society, we waste a lot of time, you know, scrolling on our phones um, or just, you know, playing playing games on our phone, doing a lot of things on our phones. Um, and so we may lose out on pockets of time that we don't even realize that we have. So, you know, I didn't even mention this before, but during my lunch hour at work, I will often, you know, eat my lunch while listening to a podcast or, you know, I'll go for a walk. And that's another hour where I have carved out a pocket of time for myself. So, you know, 15 minutes before bed, 15 minutes in the morning, I'm a morning person. That's why I choose to wake up early. If you're not, maybe your time is in the evening or in the middle of the day when the baby's napping, maybe. You know, people always say, nap when the baby naps. That advice didn't work for me, especially as a single yeah. parent, because that's yeah. when I needed to get stuff done. But I know. I feel um, like that's the biggest misnomer is like, you can't just do everything when they're, because then it's like, oh yeah, then cook dinner when they're cooking dinner, right? Like, right. <laughs> 
right. So I would, yeah, I would say find what works for you. Um, and even if you're carving five minutes here, five minutes there, five minutes is five minutes. It doesn't have to be a full hour. Yeah. Um, just moments to breathe. Yeah. What is the best advice you've ever received? The best advice I ever received was the piece about everything's a season. Um, you know, this is where you are today and maybe you'll be there tomorrow, but in a few months it's, it's going to be completely different. And that's been accurate, you know? And yeah. so, um, I think as your child ages, I don't know that it gets easier. It's just different, you know? So the worries that I had when he was a newborn are different than the worries I have today. And, um, you know, that's going to be different than the person who just dropped their firstborn child off at college, you know? Um, so they're just different. What advice would you give to your former self? I would tell my former self, I would yell at my former self forever saying I was bored. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I think I might have asked my former self to take a little bit more time for me. I was always very busy. My schedule was always jam-packed in a very different way, obviously, than now because it was all about me. Um, And now it's not mostly about me. But I would, I would say just take, just take a little bit more time, slow down, slow down, prioritize you and your needs. And get ready for the ride of a lifetime in a few years. <laughs> oh, yeah. Any other advice to the any single mothers that are listening right now? Not advice so much as encouragement. We are, we are a strong being. Um, I know some people don't like hearing that. They feel like if someone says, oh, wow, you're so brave for doing that, they feel like that person's taking pity. But I, I always say, yeah, you're right. I am. And thank you for acknowledging it. Yeah. Um, so you've got this. You're doing great. And again, this is for everyone. Take advice from others as you need it and what fits for you because parents love nothing more than giving unsolicited advice. Well, speaking of which, I am soliciting this, but <laughs> well, the, final okay question, <laughs> the final question is, what advice do you have for me as the father of a uh, father of a three-month-old Ooh, daughter? So at three months, you will officially be out of the newborn stage. Yes. Yeah. Um, I would, um, you know, obviously spend time with your, with your child. Um, I would try not to worry so much about doing every single thing to the T. Um, you're going to make mistakes and, and your child's going to be okay. Kids are really resilient. Three months, you know, I think is a really big turning point because again, you're out of that newborn stage and um, their little personalities start to emerge and just, just soak it up, whatever yeah. that means for you. Yeah. Appreciate that. Yeah. Well, Jamie, this has been a great conversation. Where can people go to connect or learn more about you? Anything you want to promote or share? Sure. Uh, well, my personal website is uh, jkpsych.com, and that's where they can learn more about me and my practice. Great. I'll be sure to link that in the show notes. Uh, all right. Dr. Jimmy Kaplan, thank you so much. Okay, thank you. Yeah.